It's time to be about that life, the startup life. Here's your host, Dominic Lawson. All right, Startup Nation. So I hope you're ready to receive some value today. My name is Dominic Lawson, and this is The Startup Life, the show for entrepreneurs and career-minded professionals. You know, Startup Nation, when you have you know, a, a kid, one of those uh, very important things you would like to do is read to them often, right? You know, books and, and, and reading and stuff like that is very important to uh, growing minds and stuff like that. And so we have somebody in the space who's very much doing that work and helping to grow that space as well. Her name is uh, Shannon Bex, and she's the chief communication officers officer of Vooks. Shannon, how's it going, ma'am? Hi, Dominic. It's great. How are you? All right. All right. Thank you so much uh, for coming on the show. We really appreciate uh, your time today. And before we kind of get started talking about the company, just kind of talk about, you know, it's the new year and stuff like that. I'm just curious, what are some lessons that you've learned uh, over the past year? You know, 2020 was one for the record books, uh, you know, good or bad, depending on how you look at it. But uh, what are some things you learned from 2020, if you don't mind me asking? Ah, it's great. Um, yeah, 2020 was a year, good good and bad, many, many right. things that have happened. But I think a good lesson I learned was just being in the now, um, knowing, you know, there's things way beyond our control sometimes and just learning how to find kind of your peace and joy in the moment um, because there are really still some amazing things out there even through the troublesome times. So right. um, being in the now and looking for the good, I think is a great lesson from 2020. Absolutely. Absolutely. Now, Startup Nation, if the name Shannon Beck sounds familiar, that's because that is the one and the same of the group Danity Kane that you're very uh, mm-hmm. much familiar with. And, you know, Shannon, I want to ask you this, you know, I, I, you know, I, I know you kind of stepped away from Danity Kane a little bit to kind of uh, pursue uh, books a little bit more and stuff like that i guess two-part question what's some some of those things you learned uh you know from being on the road and touring and just the music business business in general that you brought over to books uh and and kind of applied that but also kind of step talk about that decision to kind of step away a little bit sure yeah you know it's it's incredible to have stepped into a company like books i co-founded it with my brother right and um you know to to apply a lot of my knowledge from the music industry. Um, every day I'm, I'm learning how I have lessons that I'm continually using. Right. Um, I handled a lot of, you know, the contracts uh, with my group and understood the business side of things um, right. so that I knew, you know, how to function as a businesswoman inside the music industry. And it's so much of it parallels with even with the publishing industry is facing. So my heart of the career was around when, when physical sales, the CDs were going away, streaming was becoming the norm and right. consumers were really um, telling music how they wanted to consume their content and digital was just on the rise. And granted, books are not going away, but there is an element of um, digital that we can apply to the medium of books that um, can get kids excited. And, and so that knowledge of watching consumer behavior and habits, mm. the issues of artists, and even um, communicating with publishers, that's what I do. I talk with them and I negotiate the contracts and the deals for the streaming rights to license the content that you do see on books. So I was able to use a lot of my knowledge of the music industry in the publishing sure. world as well. So 
it does, it does, you know, um, parallel very much. And, you know, moving away from the music industry, I had such a wonderful time and career and the fans are incredible and so supportive and it was a good 15 year run. Um, and so many amazing boxes were checked off, you know, multi-platinum record sales, which barely happen now because (laughs) we're talking about physical doesn't happen touring, you know, I got to perform at Madison Square Garden, like so many amazing things. And even now with COVID happening, you know, we don't know what the music industry is going to look like. So my decision to kind of step away of music in that same capacity was because I wanted to put more commitment towards this next chapter of what my life was, and that was books and the positive impact um, that, you know, encouraging the love of reading can have on a child's life and offering books at a capacity where kids who don't have access to books can, can get access. Right. Like books determine such, you know, success in a child's life and whether they have a parent who can be there to read it with them or they maybe don't. Maybe the parent is a frontline worker who's just busy and they, you know, it's not fair for them that they can't have read along, read aloud time. So books is a good option for them as well. So there's just so much positive with books and it's so exciting to be able to have something like this to step into. Um, and yeah, so I, I'm very confident in you know, this movement and, and just becoming a, a co-founder, business owner. For sure, for sure. And Startup Nation, if you want to check uh, books out, we have the website there in the show notes. And if you're listening to the replay on radio, I mean, if you're listening to the replay on the podcast uh, or on radio, it's books.com, V-O-O-K-S. Uh, com. Once again, we have that link there in the show notes for easy access if you listen to the replay on the podcast. So, Shannon, if you would just kind of tell us all about Vux, you know, what it's all about, how do you sign up? Just kind of run us through it a little bit. Absolutely. So, yes, Vux.com can access um, our streaming library of children's storybooks. Our target is ages two to eight years old. Uh, we have great marquee titles like Curious George. Um, even some amazing, you know, unknown independent illustrators and authors, um, just a great curated library. We have um, educational specialists on staff that help us find amazing books and help curate the content, but also um, also create lesson plans and resources that are free and, mm. and you're able to use along with the books that you're reading. Uh, it's quality screen time. It's ad-free. It's kid-friendly. You know, if you pass your child your phone or iPad, you can trust what they're watching is appropriate, and right. they're not going to start discovering things they shouldn't be seeing. And I, I think that screen time stress is very real for parents. And, you know, these children are consuming their entertainment differently than we ever did. So right. we have to meet them where they are, but do it in a responsible way. And, and books can provide that for a parent and a teacher, a grandparent or guardian. The average books, we, we what we do is we take a book you would find in any library right. and just slightly animate it, and we create read-along, read-aloud, highlighted text, beautiful narrations, and it's basically a book, actual book being read aloud to your, your child, and the average length is around seven minutes, so you can feel good about it. You know they're getting content um, that you trust, and they're actually reading a book. 
Absolutely. Absolutely. No, I appreciate you, you sharing. That. I, I want to ask you something, just a quick follow up, because you talked about how, you know, it, it's ad free. Right. And I know a lot of business owners out there always looking to kind of grow that, you know, grow that top line growth and stuff like that. Why was it important to for to keep the ads out of it? Like, I, I get it. But if you would just kind of explain your reasoning behind that, if you don't mind. Yeah, no, that's a good question. And you're actually the first person ever asked the why behind oh, it. Thank you. <laughs> um, <laughs> I, you know, and we haven't really even internally discussed that as a team. It's just something we knew from the beginning. Gotcha. Uh, we didn't want to do. We, we didn't, you know, we don't want our consumers to feel like we're there just utilizing their information or their time for the pocketbook. Right. You know? No, uh, absolutely. I, I, I hate to say as cheap in the the, the experience, but I feel like they can, and and we just didn't want that. And um, and then you're you know you're more in control of what the content is. You know, right. um, ads sometimes can get <laughs> a little out of hand. So it just it just shows our our customers that we value the time that they're spending with us, and every second counts. Right. You know, I, and I appreciate you. Uh, answer now. One of the reasons I I wanted to know that thinking behind it because I I know I get a little frustrated with ads and I even get more frustrated yeah. when my daughter has her screen time. She's on YouTube Kids and even she still gets yeah. like political ads on YouTube Kids, yeah. which is just amazing uh, to me. That's but, crazy. Yeah, it, it, extremely crazy. But clearly, you guys have hit on something because. Startup Nation, the platform, uh, just being founded just you know, less than two years now, has 1.2 million users, uh, you know, yeah. now, which is just bananas. I- I'm curious about something, though. Have you seen the user base, you know, kind of grow like, you know, significantly more in the era of COVID? Or was it just kind of always on that trajectory? Kind of talk about that growth a little bit, if you don't mind, in the user base. Yeah, so we launched uh, to the public in January 2019, mm-hmm. so we're just on that two-year mark now, and we did have a, an, amazing, <laughs> an amazing trajectory already. Gotcha. It gotcha. was growing substantially. Um, you know, we're in over 175 countries, and I do, I do see that we had a spike, obviously, with COVID and, and the stay-at-home, um, and then, you know, teachers and parents utilizing books as another, you know, curriculum and a resource for them because they really were scrambling. There was, even still, but there was quite a few months where it was just like, no one knew what to do. Right. <laughs> so, you know, we definitely stepped in and, and um, tried to provide, like I said, resources to utilize um, and help just the stress of the unknown. But yeah, no, it's, it's definitely been growing substantially ever, ever since we launched. Got you. Got you. Thank you for sharing that. Once again, Startup Nation, we're talking to Shannon uh, Beck's chief communication officer of Vooks. Well, once again, if you want to check out Vooks, we have that show note uh, we have that link there in the show notes. If you listen to the replay on the podcast and if you listen on radio, it's Vooks dot com, V-O-O-K-S dot com. I want to ask you. Uh, this Shannon, because I, I know that you kind of partner with educators and stuff like that. And, you know, there's no really cost to educators, U.S. educators uh, in, in that regard, you know, to kind of assist with the pandemic. You kind of talk about that a little bit. Kind of talk about the importance of that type of partnership with educators, yeah. because I know there's you know I know educators across the country, across the world, really, uh, especially in this era of covid uh, have been kind of, you know, scrambling uh, not necessarily scrambling, but really having a hard time to really 
you know, keep educating our kids so that way they don't fall behind because that's 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 a real fear. That's a very big fear. Kind of talk about that a little yeah. bit. Yeah, yeah. I feel like the pressure on educators was a lot before COVID. Facts. You know, I big feel facts. like they were. I don't want to say underappreciated because I think everyone really does appreciate all the time and energy and care and heart they put into it, mm-hmm. but just not properly supported. Facts. Um, and that's things that definitely still need to get figured out so that they can provide for our future, our youth. So my goodness, mm-hmm. <laughs> if they get lost, you know, I, who knows what the future looks like. So um, definitely we love teachers. We appreciate them. You know, we didn't start out as, uh, intent of being an ed tech company, right. an ed tech app where we're more educational focused because reading alone is educational. You know, we're that chocolate covered broccoli. We want to be that entertaining, valuable thing that kids chose to do instead of other screen time. But as soon as teachers found us, even before COVID, and they could implement it into their curriculum and use it in a read along story time, you have the kids reading the actual book in one corner and the audio in another and then the books in another, just cemented so many different cognitive um, benefits for kids. Um, they were just a master flame. And, uh, and the, having teachers understand the value of what it is we do with books is so validating for us. Um, and then also on top of that is just knowing the comments we've had where they said you've made my classroom life easier and now even with COVID you've made my, you know, planning of my curriculum easier. Just thank you, you know, that we give teachers a first year free and that was before COVID even hit. And then since then, um, we have other amazing partners that have come alongside our teachers and sponsored um, their subscriptions um, so that the educators can continue to utilize it. And, and uh, it's amazing. Right, right. I, I want to ask a follow-up because you talked about being an ed tech company. Uh, I, I'm curious yeah. about, you know, were there any, uh, I guess, kind of like barriers that, or uh, I guess more accurately, were there things or conceptions you had about education before that you, you, you entered the space and they've kind of changed you know, since then, kind of talk about that transition to kind of getting into not just the ed tech space, but the educational space as a yeah. whole. Yeah. So, I mean, initially, you know, books started with my brother. He has three kids right. and his oldest loved, loved, loved to read. And she'd bring piles of books. And then his youngest, like most children, was completely different. And mm-hmm. he couldn't get her to focus and she had no interest in reading. So sparking a love of reading to engage her into books was at the core of books. Gotcha. And, um, and so we, we kind of were looking at books through the, through the lens of a child okay. and what a child would want to choose. And not that kids don't choose ed tech, you know, apps and nothing against ed tech apps, but we didn't want books to feel like homework. Gotcha. We didn't want it to feel like a task or, okay, once you complete this, now you can go play or you can go choose your screen time. We wanted books to be that screen time they chose because we know the quality and value of reading, read along, read aloud, our slow pace, everything that we do is very purposeful. And, but we want a kid to look at it as an exciting, like, I want this, I want to choose this um, versus I have to do this. Gotcha. Gotcha. Thank you for sharing that. You know, talk about your, 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 uh, I guess your family dynamic as a co-founder with your brother. I, I imagine mm-hmm. that, you know, not that the, the relationship 
changed drastically, but there's probably some stuff like, wow, I didn't know she was like that. Or maybe I didn't know he was like that. Or, you know, from a business standpoint, of course, kind of talk about that transition from uh, brother, sister to business partners and co-founders. Yeah. Yeah. It's a, it's amazing. We've always enjoyed working together Mm -hmm. and brainstorming. He's two years older than me. I joke that I just do what he tells me and that's why we get along. But (laughs) gotcha. We've always just had that synergy um, and set off of each other and brainstormed and like got created. He would even give me ideas and help me through things in my music career. And he had owned his own um, agency and he would help bring products to market with Nike and Verizon and Gatorade and other Fortune 500 companies. And we'd bring some about those projects. So he's always had that also creative entrepreneurial side to him, just like myself. Um, But he definitely sees things with a different lens and it's, so impressive. I admire him so much. He's an amazing man, amazing father and husband. And, um, so I think we just have a lot of respect for each other and we've always gotcha. shared and, and it's been amazing. I'm very, very, very grateful. Awesome. Awesome. I, I appreciate that. I, I'm curious about something, though, because, you know, as you are, you know, the chief communications officer, you know, obviously a large part of your role uh, at Vooks is kind of sell the message, sell the story, create the story, uh, if you will, to yeah. kind of grow the user base and, and stuff like that. You know, because we have a lot of listeners out there, Shannon, who are trying to create their own story, trying to create their own story brand, uh, if you will, yeah. pun intended, of course. But I, I'm curious yeah. You know, what goes into creating a great story and not only just creating a great story of a company or a business, but sharing that story to your target audience to where they can relate. You, you kind of talked about it a little bit, talking about, yeah. you know, uh, looking at it through the, the, the eyes of a, of a child. But kind of talk about creating that story and sharing that message uh, with your target audience, if you don't mind, Shannon. Yeah. When you're growing a brand and a company like you can't go wrong when you spark a passion in your heart. Cause gotcha. when you speak from your heart, it's honesty. It's, you know, you're going to learn things. You're going to learn lessons. You're going to learn your business verbiage, but, but the core of it is the passion behind it. And if, what are the reasons behind your passion? Um, is it to make a quick buck? You know, that's going to fall flat on the consumers. That's, they're going to see through that. Is it because you truly have a heart and a passion and a care towards something um, or a, a cause or a problem that you're seeing and you have a solution and you can't wait to share it and share the message, that'll evolve. And uh, I, I think that that's where it starts is with true, true heart and true passion. Got you. Got you. Thank you for sharing that. Doing one quick reset. Once again, Startup Nation, we're talking to Shannon uh, Bex, the Chief Communication Officer of Books. And if you want to check that out, once again, we have that link there in the show notes. If you listen to the replay on the podcast, books.com uh, is the website. Uh, and we're just wrapping up here with you, Shannon. Once again, thank you so much for uh, sharing your time and sharing your amazing company uh, with us. What's the hopes, you know, for, for you see for books and, and just beyond, you know, as you grow your entrepreneurial journey and, and move forward and in, in creating a, an amazing company. Oh goodness. You know, the, the number one hope is to encourage the love of reading and kids gotcha. and around the world and create, you know, impact moments where we're able to get books into the hands of kids who can't even access books. Right. So, incredible so just continue to grow the reach there's hundreds of thousands of kids out there and we just want to get in front of them um continue to grow our our library um yeah it just make a wonderful 
escape and wonderful place to discover new books, new authors, new illustrators, another avenue for the publishing industry to, you know, expand into um, as they discover their power in digital space as well. Gotcha. You know, and, and I appreciate that, that you saying that, because I know as the world gets, you know, no more of the world is getting connected, you know, to the Internet and be able to stream, uh, you know, educational you know, resources like books from books, obviously, and, and others. You know, I think that's super important. Uh, so I, I want to yeah. ask you this, you know, because like talk about the, you know, the I know you kind of talk about this a little bit, but I guess I'm just curious, have you ever just saw, you know, just kind of sat down and thought back to the impact that you're making, right? Like I know you're talking about what you hope to do, but what you've already have done. Have you ever just sat back and just thought about, wow, we're really making an impact. Is there a story or a moment where it just really kind of hits you kind of talk about that a little bit, if you don't mind, Shannon. Oh gosh. Yeah. We've, I mean, everything we've had a couple of different stories, even from like parents who have, you know, children who um, might be high on the spectrum and they're nonverbal, mm. but they watch a favorite book story over and over again. And their parent has actually now witnessed them like repeating the words that have been read aloud and to them with the books. And their parent is just beyond excited and beyond themselves because before they just couldn't get through to their kid. Um, that is huge, um, you know, countries that, you know, don't act, have access to great English content, right. are able to use this as a, you know, second language, um, English as a second language, and, right. and they're just thrilled to be able to have this content for their, their classrooms um, and their students. So, so many stories, um, even down to the fun ones where we um, had Chrysanthemum on <laughs> the book on our platform and a four-year-old found the book in the library and thought, oh, chrysanthemum. And her mother was like, my wow. four-year-old daughter's sight word is chrysanthemum. This is amazing. <laughs> so um, there's so many great stories that just keep you going every day. Got you. And, and, and that's why I want to ask you that, that to remind Startup Nation, look, look, sometimes you create a business. Yeah, you're, you know, obviously, look, business is in the business of making money, but sometimes you create something and you're making an impact and, and you're impacting people's lives and you're not even realizing how big of an impact you're making. So I think it's important for a lot of times for people who have those entrepreneurial ideas to pursue them because you just never know. The impact that you yeah. you know either intended on making or didn't even expect. So I appreciate you sharing that. Yeah, yeah, absolutely, absolutely. So uh, you know, before I let you go, you know, one of the things we always ask all of our guests is to kind of share uh, just some lasting words of encouragement. You know, with everything going on, Shannon, we can definitely use a, a, a little bit of that. But you know, there's people out there who are thinking about pursuing a business or just thinking about pursuing you know dreams and turning them into goals. If you would just kind of give us some lasting words of encouragement to uh, take us out for today, if you don't mind, Shannon. Oh, yeah. Uh, I think one of the hardest things is to take those steps of faith and start pursuing a dream that you have in your heart. And, you know, if that idea or that dream is there, it's been planted there for a reason. And if you start to just feel more like, ah, I need to just try this, do it. You don't regret trying you regret not trying. So um, my, some of the best advice when I was a dancer and I was going for a big audition and I was like, I'm not ready yet. I need more training. I need more knowledge. And my husband, who was my fiance at the time, said, okay, well, 20 years from now, are you going to regret the decision you make? Will you regret trying? Or are you, are you going to regret not trying? And whew, I 
jump in line the next day to audition. So it, mm. it was impactful for me. So think about it. You know, don't let fear get in the way. Just just think about, hey, one years from now, are you going to wish you tried? Got you. Awesome stuff. Awesome stuff. And that's going to wrap up this session of the Startup Life. Once again, we want to thank Shannon Beck, Chief Communication Officer of Vooks. Thank you so much, Shannon. Thank you so much for having me, Dominic. It was a pleasure talking with you. Awesome. And as always, Startup Nation, if you have an idea, be about that life, the Startup Life. If you want to let us know what you think about our show, have an idea for a show topic, or would like to advertise on our show, send us a message on the Startup Life Podcast Facebook page. And while you are there, like and follow our page as well. It's a great way for us to engage with you, Startup Nation, and really grow our community. The link is there in the show notes. Subscribe to the show as it can be heard on Apple Podcasts, Google Play, Stitcher Radio, Spotify, or even on your Facebook timeline or any other platform you like to get your podcast. If you are listening on Apple Podcasts and you find our content valuable, please give us a five-star rating as it will help us climb the charts and help more people find our show. You can also listen to the show on the Startup Life Podcast new website. There you will find the all-new startup blog where I write on many topics that are interesting and helpful to you on your path to entrepreneurship. And hey, if you have an idea, be about that life, the startup life. Do you make a positive difference in the world? Do you have a talent, philosophy, base of knowledge, product or service that you know could help a lot of people if only you could reach them? Join Alternative Talk 1150's family of broadcasters and start walking down a fruitful path. As host of your very own program, dial 425-653-1150 and find out just how affordable it can be to have a show on 1150 AM. That's 425-653-1150. Alternative Talk, we have an opportunity waiting just for you. Hi, I'm Dr. Shelley Place with today's tip for kids from the American Academy of Pediatrics. Kids are full of energy, but keeping them active in their teen years can be a challenge. Aim for an hour of physical activity every day. If they like sports, that's a great place to start. Keep the focus on fun, not winning, and encourage your child to do a variety of activities. If your child isn't meeting that 60-minute goal, gradually increase their activity in ways they enjoy. For more, talk with your pediatrician or visit HealthyChildren.org. On the path to good health and well-being, Alternative Talk 1150 is the station for you. It's time to be about that life, the startup life. Here's your host, Dominic Lawson. All right, Startup Nation, so I hope you're ready to receive some value today. My name is Dominic Lawson, and this is the Startup Life, the show for entrepreneurs and career-minded professionals. You know, Startup Startup Nation, when you're trying to pursue your path of entrepreneurship or scale up the corporate ladder, that mindset piece, we talk about this all the time, that mindset piece is so important. But what if I told you you can apply sports psychology uh, to your to that mindset and really get the edge on your competition and beyond, which is why we have a fantastic guest uh, for you today. He was uh, the director of mental training for the St. Louis Cardinals uh, when the time when he won, when they won the World Series. And he's also the author of of give me just a second here relentless solution focus uh he co-authored that book with dr uh uh, dr ellen reed and my guest today started nation is dr jason selk dr selk how are you good sir doing great dominic thanks so much for having me and Hello to everyone out there listening. Absolutely, absolutely. So let's just hop right into it. So uh, your your book is out today, uh, Relentless Solution Focus. And I'm just, just curious, you know, and I know you've written a few books before uh, now. What made you write this book and why now? Because it seems quite timely, if you, mind, if you don't mind me saying. 
You no, know, I think you're right on that uh, right now it really seems like our country and probably the world is in desperate need of this. But what really prompted this was I've been fortunate enough for the last 20 years to literally get to work with and coach some of the most mentally tough, successful individuals walking the planet. Right. And I, I just I look for patterns, you know, I, mm. I try to figure out, OK, what is it? about these folks that really separates them from everybody else. And and the number one pattern I found with those highly, those most successful people is this mindset you're talking about, relentless solution focus. For sure. For sure. And and like I said, like we, we have many entrepreneurs who, you know, like they know their craft, like the back of their hand, you know what I mean? And and they really know it and they're experts in their field, in their craft. But for some reason, they can't find themselves uh, getting over the hump. And which is why I thought you would be a fantastic guest uh, for our audience, Startup Nation. If you want to know more about uh, Dr. Jason Silk and his and his work, go to enhanceperformance.inc. We have a link there in the show notes for easy access if you listen to the replay on the podcast. So, you know, Dr. Silk, you talk about in your book this 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 mindset of RSF, you know, relentless, you know, relentless solution focused mindset. Just kind of dive into that. And what does that really mean? Yeah, I mean, here's, I think, the important part to realize. I'll give you kind of three pieces that I've learned about the relentless solution focused mindset. Sure. No, number one, it's totally normal, Dominic, to not have it. I hear that. In fact, the brain is biologically built to focus on the negative or the problems. Mm. It's called PCT. And again, for whatever reason, we're all built this way, but it's totally normal for our brains to zero in on the negative, the problems, the imperfections, all right? That's right. the first thing. Being mentally weak, which is the opposite of RSF, is totally normal, all right? The second point I want people to realize, anyone can learn to be mentally tough. Anyone can learn to develop this RSF mindset. It's called neuroplasticity, and I think a lot of people unfortunately have been told this but it's not true that if you're hardwired a certain way there's nothing you can do about it Mm, dominic it just simply isn't true we've got all kinds of science for the last 40 50 years again it's called neuroplasticity and what we know is rsf can be learned by everyone and then the third point i want to make in as little as three minutes a day because it's not a pep talk you can't change biology with just a pep talk just like I can't make my bicep stronger by listening to a pep talk on how to get strong biceps. Right. I can't make my mind stronger by just listening to a pep talk. But anyone can learn it. And the third point is, and it takes less than three minutes a day of training to actually make that RSF mindset become more normal than the current PCT or negative thinking that exists. Right. Right. And, you know, thank you so much for saying that, Dr. Silk, because, I, I, you know, we, we hear this a lot of times and, you know, out in society or social media or whatever, that if you're just if you're just a certain way, then maybe you just not about this life. You're maybe you're not about like the the changing of a mindset to kind of get over the hump uh, and stuff like that. So I really appreciate that. And I think a lot of us in Startup Nation definitely needed to hear that. So thank you, sir. 
Well, my pleasure. And listen, Dominic, you got to uh, let's drop the Dr. Selk stuff. Please call me Jason. OK, okay fair enough. Fair enough. I try to put some respect on people's name. Gotcha. <laughs> no, it's, it's so nice of you, but I, I prefer the Jason. OK, so fair let me enough. say one other thing, because part of the issue and this is the hardest part, Dominic, is when most people are letting that PCT or that negative mindset take hold. Gotcha. They don't even know it. Mm. And, and again, it makes perfect sense. Because we're biologically built that way. Remember, when we're born, our brains are built in a way that it's totally normal to focus on the negative or the problems. So if you're going to actually make a change to the normal thinking, to the negative focus, you have to first have the ability to know when it's happening. Right. Now, I think you know, in working with people the last 20 years, what I've found is we as human beings were actually pretty good at knowing when someone else – has gone down that negative road. But self-assessment is very, very difficult. Right. In, in fact, they're probably right now listening to this podcast thinking, oh, my wife or my husband or my children need to listen to this. And, and the thing about it is, if let's say it was the wife or the husband or the children listening, they might be thinking the same thing about you. So the first step in being able to change that mindset is you have to be able to recognize when the negative thinking has taken hold. Mm. And here's the great thing. We've all been given, it's 100% effective, an alarm system that literally screams at us every time we're going down that negative road. We as as a society have just not been taught how to recognize what that alarm system is. Mm. Okay, and here's what I want people to know. Human beings do not possess the ability to feel negative emotion unless the mind has focused on problems or negativity. Mm. That's the alarm system. See, I think most of us have this belief, and and some of us are even being taught this, that negative emotion is a curse, and we should do anything in our power to avoid it. Dominic, negative emotion is not a curse. It's actually a gift. It's a gift of recognition that when a human being experiences a negative emotion, what that means is the thoughts have triggered by PCT a neurotransmitter to flow into the bloodstream so that you feel the negative emotion. Now, Mm. the negative emotion is supposed to serve as an alarm system that says, hey, your thoughts are going in the wrong direction. And then because it's a negative emotion, it's uncomfortable, it's supposed to serve as motivation to change the thinking. But it all starts with the thoughts. See, our thoughts control the way we feel and the way we behave. But remember, first step to developing this RSF mindset, and let me say this, people with the RSF mindset have been proven scientifically to be happier, healthier, and more successful. Here's my favorite statistic about people with RSF. They live up to 14 years longer, Hmm. and they're measurably happier, healthier, and more successful in those years of life. But again, the key is you got to learn to recognize that when you feel negative emotion, that's part of the human being. You're supposed to feel that. But once you feel it, it's supposed to be the alarm that says, okay, What's going on in that head of yours? Because that's what you got to go to work on and you got to make an adjustment. 
Gotcha. Gotcha. You know, I'm always just fascinated how, you know, neuroscience like that leads into, you know, positive effects for, you know, physically uh, as well. When you talk about living 14 years longer, that just always amazes me. So I appreciate you sharing that. Well, and it's, you know, again, if you understand the biology, it's cortisol. See, Mm -hmm. the neurotransmitters, the brain releases in the bloodstream. Those neurotransmitters, they're somewhat like poison. They're toxins. Now, the good news is that the toxins or the poisons, or in this case, the neurotransmitters, they're kind of low doses. But the, the thing is, if you consistently do it over extended periods of time, even low doses of poison, they add up and they start to take its toll on the physical biology. And that's where you get people with this RSF mindset. They live so much longer than normal people. And the other thing is, it's not just extending your life in a miserable way. You know, it's it's extending your life in an extremely valuable, positive way. Right. So, you know, again, understanding the biology is the key to actually using it to our advantage. And again, the good news, step one is you've got to learn how to recognize it. We just talked about that. Anytime right. you feel a negative emotion, I call them kind of the nasty six, but uh, really kind of the big three. Anytime you feel stress, anxiety, depression, but the other, you know, then we're looking at Anger, guilt, uh, any of those negative, uh, any of those negative emotions, that should serve as the alarm. Once you feel that, then what you want to do in your head is you want to just simply replace the negative thought with the positive. Now, easier right. said than done, of course. So you have to know how to do it, and it's really kind of the million dollar question. You just simply ask yourself, and if you can do this within sixty seconds of feeling the negative emotion. Your life is going to be so much better. And the reason 60 seconds is an important piece of the puzzle, because that keeps you out in front of those negative neurotransmitters. The more the cortisol gets into the bloodstream, the more it impacts the brain in a negative way. So it actually makes it more difficult. The longer you think about negativity, the harder it is to break free from it. Fair enough. That's why I want to try to do it within 60 seconds because, again, you're staying out in front of your negative biology. But here's the simple question. And I tell people, if you're listening, write this question down. This will change your life. Anytime you experience a negative emotion, simply ask yourself this question. What is one thing? I can do differently that could make this better. Mm. And what we're looking for, Dominic, is not two or three things, not five things. Just get one thing. Right. What is one thing I can do differently? Or you could even say right now, what is one thing I can do right now that could make this better? We're not trying to find perfection here. We're simply trying to just get the thoughts to start focusing on something that's going to move us in a positive direction. Right. Because again, it's it's really not about solving all the problems in the world. It's just so that you don't get caught up swirling and only thinking about the problems. Starting to put action into the solutions is the solution because this is the great part. Biologically, the second your thinking shifts from the negative or the problem to the solution, the brain stops releasing the negative neurotransmitters and it begins releasing new neurotransmitters. And these neurotransmitters actually make you feel better. 
They enhance your thinking, your your cognitive ability. Right. They make life much, much more enjoyable to experience because there's going to be an increased level of happiness, health, and success with these new neurotransmitters. And again, Dominic, I can't say it enough. It's not about finding perfection or complete resolution to the problem. Right. The biggest issue we have, the real problem people have is we just allow ourselves to think and talk and live in our problem. Instead, learn to just get across that line and start thinking about solutions. And then immediately, biologically, positive things start to happen. You create positive momentum for yourself. For sure. Yeah, I'm glad you said that. You know, you talked about perfection. And Startup Nation, when you when you when you purchase the book, once again, we have that link there in the show notes for you to purchase the book. You'll see that the book is broken down in three parts: recognize, replace, and retrain. And we, you know, we just kind of talked about the recognize, but I actually want to ask you about something uh in part two, the replace uh part, you know, if it ain't broke, it's fixing. And, and particularly chapter six, the plus one concept, improvement over perfection. You kind of talked about this a little bit just now, but it's one of those things where a lot of times in entrepreneurship, that starting, that starting piece is so critical because there's so many of us out there who are trying to have all of our ducks in a row before we make that one step. If you would just kind of talk about that improvement over perfection a little bit, if you don't mind, Jason. Yeah. So it's a little bit ties into this concept called the entirety perspective. Okay. I'll kind of put it, I'll put it to you this way. If sure. you and I you know, starting a business, running a business is a little bit like climbing a mountain every day or every week. Mm-hmm. There are thousands of things that need to happen for you to be successful. Right. Okay. So let, let's compare it to you and I climbing the mountain. Now we're, we're standing at the very base of the mountain and the normal thing to do, I might nudge you and say, Dominic, look at how high that mountain is. Can you believe we got to climb this thing? I can't believe that we're going to have to try to climb this thing, not to mention it's cold out here. I don't feel like I've got the right shoes on. Right. Man, alive, this is going to take it. Now, the whole time we're focusing on the entire mountain and climbing the whole thing, what are we not doing? We're not taking any steps toward actually getting toward the summit or the peak of that mountain. Right. Okay, and that's where the plus one comes in, that if you allow yourself, the the normal brain is going to look at that entirety perspective, and it's going to become overwhelming. You're going to focus on all the problems, and by doing so, you're no longer focused on what it takes to get to the top. Remember this. This is an important piece that most people don't understand. The human brain can only fully focus on one thing at a time. So if I'm focused on climbing that entire mountain, I can't be focused in the same moment on taking the first single step or the second or the third or the fifth. And that's where we really try to break the thinking down. Again, this is one of those things that can be learned and it reinforces itself because the more energy you put into thinking like this, plus one, any improvement whatsoever, don't worry about perfection. Let's just focus on any improvement. I wrote this in in my first book, 10-Minute Toughness. It may still be the smartest thing I've ever put down on paper. So when an individual learns to recognize improvement over perfection, progress accelerates dramatically. I hear that. And and again, it boils down to this entirety perspective that if we can quit looking at the huge picture and just break it down, remember, the greatest problem, the biggest problem, if we break it down into small enough chunks – Everything can be improved. 
We could always, and this is one of the things I really try to push into the book so that people can get this mindset is there's always a solution, always, if we break the problem down small enough. For sure. And that, that's what Plus One is all about. Absolutely. And once again, Startup Nation, that book is Relent, Relentless Solution Focused. Train your mind to conquer stress, pressure, and underperformance. Once again, we have a link in the show notes for easy access if you're listening to the replay on the podcast. I want to ask you something, uh, you know, and this is kind of related to your time uh, with the St. Louis Cardinals, because I remember that 2011 postseason and David Freeze just kind of like went kind of ballistic in the postseason and stuff like that. And I know he's always had like potential leading up, but that year was just kind of a breakout year and it really showed in the postseason. I guess I'm curious about like when you're a person who you know you got the potential, everybody says you have the potential and you finally hit that potential. Once you hit that potential and it really showcases to the world, whether it be baseball, business, whatever the case may be, what are some things you need to do to sustain it? Because I, I imagine it's not just one of those things where as soon as you, you get to that point, all right, I'm done. The work is over, right? Well, you know, and I know right now, January, whatever it is today, the 7th, mm-hmm. you, you got a lot of people thinking about this. A lot of people, you know, maybe they had a good year in 2020 business-wise and we socially had a really tough year uh, with this virus and all the social unrest we've had. Right. But, but, you know, honestly, there are a lot of people that financially have done fairly well whether it was 2020 or just another year that you did well, I'm sure people can relate to say, Okay. How do I repeat the thing? Mm-hmm. Right. And there, there are a couple steps. No, number one, you got to celebrate. You've got to learn to celebrate your success. And, and I know a lot of these business owners out there, a lot of the entrepreneurs out there, they just overlook the reward piece. I know I used to early in my career and, and there's a great quote. Here's the quote, that which goes unrewarded, eventually exits your life. Mm. All right. So the first step to repeating is you got to reward yourself for a job well done. Now, right. I'm not saying you got to have t-shirts printed up or <laughs> call the band and get a parade organized, but heck, at least recognize that you had a great year, that you did something well, take yourself out to dinner, buy yourself that new pair of shoes, those new boots you've been looking for. Do something nice for yourself. Right. Okay. Step two, attack. Mm. And, and this is the piece I think is, is overlooked a lot with people. And we do talk about this a lot in the book and the retrain piece of the book. You, you must attack not the result, but more the process. And what I mean by that is you want to think to yourself, this, this question is important. You say, okay, I had success. Anytime you have results, great results show up. It could be your love life, your golf game, your business. It doesn't matter. Just learn to ask yourself this question. What's the single most important thing I did to cause that success? You know, if it's your golf game, maybe what you did was you, you, I don't know, practiced in the basement for 15 minutes. If it's your business, maybe what you did was you made three proactive contacts every day. If it's your love life, maybe what you do is you you started taking your spouse out on a date once a week. Mm -hmm. Whatever that one thing is, that's where you have to attack. You know, and again, you get a lot of people, they, they have this idea of it works so well, I stopped doing it. And people kind of give themselves permission to, to live like that, that you find the things that work and then over time you stop doing them. Mentally tough people, they don't, they don't look at that as a joke or anything funny. When mentally tough people find those things that work, they dig in. Mm. They stay committed to them. And, and I'm not saying pile on. Right. I'm not saying if you did three 
proactive contacts last year. You should do six this year. I'm not saying that at all. But for sure, keep attacking the one thing that caused the most success. All right. So again, three steps. Number one, celebrate. Number two, attack. Number three, forget it. Mm. Forget about the results. Gotcha. You know, and, and again, once you've celebrated, don't worry. Don't don't judge yourself, good or bad, on the results. Judge yourself on the effort you're putting in daily to the process, to the most important things. So that. again, if you're going to say, how do you get a person to repeat success? Number one, celebrate. Number two, attack. Number three, forget it. I heard that. You hear that sound that Mason celebrate, attack, and then uh, forget it. Thank you so much uh, for that. Once again, Startup Nation, we're actually wrapping up with Jason uh, Selk, the author of Relentless Solution Focus. Train your mind to f- conquer stress, pressure, and underperformance. And once again, if you want to check out everything that uh, uh, Jason and, and, and Ellen uh, have going on, make sure you check out enhancedperformance.com. Uh, we have a link there in the show notes for easy access. If you're listening to the replay on the podcast, I want to kind of shift gears just really quickly before I let you go, uh, Jason, because and I just want to get your take on it, because, you know, more and more, you know, when it comes to athletes and just society as a whole, people are being more transparent about their mental health. They 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 let people know what they have going on and uh, what they've been dealing through, you know, dealing, dealing with and stuff like that. And I guess maybe about 15, 20 years ago, that wasn't necessarily the case. I, I guess I'm curious, in your opinion, what has changed about how we look at mental health over the, the past couple of years? Well, I think people are realizing that it's normal. Gotcha. You know, and, and again, this is one of the, the great things about my job. And, um, you know, I, I think you're aware, but my father passed away on Christmas this year. And, right. And yeah, it was very sad. I was very, very close with my dad. He was my family's hero. You know, one of the more influential people in my life. But I, I'm, I'm recognizing I'm sad but I'm not depressed. And somebody said, how come you're dealing with this? You know, again, I've, I've shed many tears. I'm not trying to, um, you know, act like I, I haven't experienced any real sadness here. Right. But I, I can tell there's a difference between the sadness and me moving into a depression. And here I think is a big piece. Yeah, I've got this job and I, I've done this for 20 years where I get all these really successful people, you know, people you see on TV or hear on the radio and they're coming into my office and we close that door and they know there's strict confidentiality. And so they show me the real person. And here's what I've learned. Dominic, we are all human and we have all got major problems. Right. All of us. Them's you, big me, Absolutely. everybody <laughs> listening. Right. And the key, the key isn't to try to hide the problems. I mean, that, that's one of the things I think people are just realizing that, all right, we're all human. And as much as we like to scream and holler that there's that there are so many differences between people, the truth of the matter is you cut into our skin, you open us up and you look at us on the inside. Dominic, we're all built the same way for the most part. Right. So we're all in this together. We all have our problems. And the key isn't these days to, you know, judge how big is your problem or how many problems does that person have? I think the big thing is realize all of us have problems. And you look at our society these days, you know, we're, we're making some goofy decisions out there. There's some really bad things happening. Not to mention we got this dang pandemic we're dealing with. All right. of us have problems. And the key is, what are we going to do about it? You know, are you going to let those problems define you and become you? 
or, and this is why I think you're right about this book. I think this book is exactly what we need right now. Right. This book can really change everything for a person. If you can learn to get control of your thoughts and get yourself starting to focus on solutions, I can guarantee an individual, again, this is total science. You can't argue against it. If an individual can learn to shift that RSF thinking, that individual is going to have a measurable, a significant increase in health, happiness, and success. And here's the other part. Systemically, so if you own a company, if you're on a team, if you have the people in your company or the people on your team start to develop that RSF mindset, kind of create the RSF culture, then the team, the organization itself starts to have a significant increase in health, happiness, and success. And, and the last thing I'm going to say about that is, look, yeah, you know, if you look at Major League Baseball, there's all kinds of different teams. You look at football, all kinds of different teams. You look at all these different organizations and companies out there. Well, in the end, Dominic, we're all on the same team. Right. We're all part of the human race. And if we can get the human race developing an RSF culture, which, again, that's the part I want people to understand is everyone can learn this in less than three minutes a day. And if you did it three or four days a week, no doubt about it, you start to retrain the brain. But if we can get people, if we can get a large group of people starting to think like this, our entire world is going to show a significant increase in health, happiness, and success. And I'm all for that one. I hear that. Awesome stuff. Thank you so much uh, for all of that. And that's going to wrap up this session of The Startup Life. Once again, we want to thank Jason Selk, uh, the author of Relentless Solution Focus. Once again, that book is there. That link is uh, to purchase that book is there in the show notes for easy access uh, for you to listen to the replay on the podcast. Thank you so much, Jason, for coming on the show, my man. Thanks, Dominic. I appreciate you. I appreciate what you do. I know you're out there trying to make the world a better place. Keep it up. If I can do anything for you, please let me know. I appreciate that. And as always, Startup Nation, if you have an idea, be about that life, the startup life. If you want to let us know what you think about our show, have an idea for a show topic, or would like to advertise on our show, send us a message on the Startup Life Podcast Facebook page. And while you are there, like and follow our page as well. It's a great way for us to engage with you, Startup Nation, and really grow our community. The link is there in the show notes. Subscribe to the show as it can be heard on Apple Podcasts, Google Play, Stitcher Radio, Spotify, or even on your Facebook timeline or any other platform you like to get your podcast. If you are listening on Apple Podcasts and you find our content valuable, please give us a five-star rating as it will help us climb the charts and help more people find our show. You can also listen to the show on the Startup Life Podcast new website. There you will find the all-new Startup Blog where I write on many topics that are interesting and helpful to you on your path to entrepreneurship. And hey, if you have an idea, be about that life, the Startup Life.